Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Hey there, it's Aaron Schlein, and welcome back to Family Travel Radio, where you get to meet the people and places that inspire life-changing family travel. Have you ever been to Finland Or have you even thought about going to Finland? Well, if you haven't, it's probably time to think about it. Today on the show, I've brought back our good friend, Shelly Bailey Shaw from Kid Tripster to talk to us in detail, in delightful detail about why Finland should be on your list of places to visit with your family. And my chat with Shelly is coming up right now. We're talking Finland today on Family Travel Radio, and joining us again is uh, Shelly Bailey Shaw, who's become a regular guest on this show. She's practically a co-host. Shelly, welcome back. Thank you. If you are ever in need of a co-host, Aaron, I'm your gal. All right. Well, consider your hat firmly in that ring. It's that hat sitting alone <laughs> in that ring, but I certainly appreciate it. I don't think you need any help, though. You don't need any help. <laughs> Oh, Shelly, I, I appreciate your uh, your confidence, but I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Just a quick refresher for folks out there. If you haven't met Shelly, Shelly Bailey Shaw is the editor of KidTripster.com, an online resource that provides information and inspiration to families traveling anywhere in the world. Shelly is a former television reporter turned travel journalist who made the transition after her family embarked on a 72-day trip around the world. To date, Shelly's visited 38 countries and all seven continents, most of them with her kids who are now 16 and 19 years old. So Shelly, one of those countries, one of those 38 is Finland and we're talking Finland today. Why in the world? Why in the world would you take a trip to Finland right now with your kids? You know, I actually have sort of a policy that I don't repeat countries, but I made an exception for Finland. I've actually been to Finland twice, uh, once in the winter and then just this past fall. And I love Finland. And I think it's a fantastic destination for anyone, really. You know, the United Nations came out with their happiest country in the world rankings. And Finland is number one for the second year in a row. So, I mean, these Finns are definitely on to something. And I think as a tourist... It's just a great destination to go and and sort of explore what that is. The other thing about Finland is that there are various destinations within the country. So in one single trip, you can have several different experiences. And some of them are really one of a kind, like, you know, sleeping in a glass topped uh, dome igloo where you're looking at the northern lights or mushing a, a team of sled dogs, you know, things that you only can really do in Finland. And then there are other experiences which I would classify as just being truly Finnish. And I always encourage people to experience what it's like to be a Finn when you're in the country because then you're going to really understand what makes this place so special. Well, I'm a, I'm always a huge advocate of becoming a temporary local anywhere you are, especially when you're a temporary local in the happiest country on earth. Dig in a little bit from your American perspective of why you think the Finns are so doggone happy. 
You know, the fins are really connected to nature. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about that when we talk about some nature locations, but they don't just pay that lip service. They, that's really ingrained in their culture. I think that has a lot to do with it. And it's also a really family friendly place. You know, it's true of most of Scandinavian countries, but they place a high priority on family and uh, it's, it's supported within their culture to do so. So I think those are two reasons. And, I, you know, we also should mention that Visit Finland, the country's tourist board, is a new member of the Family Travel Association. So I think it demonstrates their commitment to families and family travel. Yeah, and I agree. And it sounds like they're they're really ready to, to welcome families with open arms. Now, Shelly, one thing before we move on, just to paint a picture of where in the world Finland is for folks who maybe don't have a real great appreciation. It's way up north in Scandinavia. And you talk about the, the changing of the seasons. You've told me privately that you visited in the winter and once during the fall. And then tell me about the difference, differences in the seasons there in that part of the world. Well, it's it's positioned um, in the far north. On one side, it borders Russia, and then it's also near Sweden and Norway. It does have four seasons, and uh, winter here is is fairly extreme. And you also have the issue with the light. So you have the polar nights during the winter. So only a few hours of uh, actual daylight. And then on the flip side, in the summer, you have the midnight sun. So the sun really doesn't actually set. It gets uh, sort of twilight, I would, I guess I would call it. So you can be out at 10 o'clock at night and, it, and it's still sunny. So you're, you, you have lots of time to explore Finland, especially in the summer. Well, let's talk about that, that exploring. So there's four distinct regions or four regions of Finland. Let's talk about those. So you have Helsinki, which most people I think are familiar with in the, in the metro area around Helsinki. You have Lapland, which is to the far north. Lesser known is the coast and archipelago. This is on the west side of Finland toward Sweden. And then on the east side towards Russia, you have what they call the Lakeland area. There are thousands of lakes across Finland um, but especially in that area, the lake culture is really strong. And as you said, this can be a year-round destination. You know, in winter, I think I would recommend going to Helsinki and Lapland. In summer, you could do Helsinki and Lapland, or you could do Helsinki and then national parks along the coast or in the Lakelands area, and then head up to Lapland if you had some more time. Well, national parks, whether in the United States or abroad, seem to be seem to be a, a frequent topic that comes up. Shelley, for those who haven't heard, Shelley and I did a, a full episode on U.S. national parks. So now we're out visiting national parks in Finland. Super, super cool. So pretty much all roads are going to lead through Helsinki when traveling from the U.S. So let's talk about that, that air travel from the U.S. straight into Helsinki. Yeah, this is really your gateway to Finland. And the national airline there is Finnair. Um, Norwegian also flies into Helsinki. But Finnair has one of those free five-day stopover programs. So let's say you're doing a, um, a more complicated multi-stop uh, through Europe. You could put Helsinki in that itinerary and then do a free five-day stopover in Finland and then move on to wherever you were, else where you were going. Helsinki is also a really great hub because you can easily access other cities. So, for example, it's just a two-hour ferry ride to Stockholm in Sweden. It's a two-hour ferry ride to the old world city of Tallinn in Estonia, a beautiful place. 
Or you could do an overnight ferry uh, or a three-hour train ride to St. Petersburg, Russia. So, you know, along with all the things you can see in Finland, it really could serve as a gateway to some of these other um, destinations. And as we mentioned, you know, Helsinki is extremely family-friendly. For example, kids and stroller-pushing adults ride for free on all the public transit. That's the trams, the buses, the ferries. There are a ton of parks, a lot of interesting outdoor spaces, free museums. Uh, there's a small amusement park actually right in downtown Helsinki. And then off the coast, just a short ferry ride from Helsinki, you have uh, Somalina, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, so here you can you can visit a fortress um, you can access it by ferry. And one of the things I think is really cool to do in the summer is you can then island hop to the other nearby islands around Helsinki and all of them offer, you know, outdoor recreation. That That is how the Finns spend their summer. They love to bike and hike and do all those sorts of things on these islands that are just off the coast of Helsinki. How would you describe the Finns' appreciation of those summer months given that the winters are so dark and cold? I think they take full advantage of the midnight sun. Um, like I said, they're very outdoorsy people. So even in the winter, you know, fins are going to be outside. They're going to be connecting with uh, nature and they don't let that stop them. The other thing that they're really connected to, especially in Helsinki, is modern architecture and Finnish design. I mean, it's sort of world renowned. So when you're in Helsinki, make sure that you're taking some time to just walk the streets. Like the um, OD Central Library. I, I know it sounds weird. I'm recommending that families visit a library when they're in Helsinki, but this is like no library you have ever seen. It is so cool. Amos Rex is a modern art museum, but it's the outside space at this place that's really awesome for kids especially. And then they have these two really interesting churches that I like. Um, Campy is the Church of Silence, and it's just um, an incredibly interesting design to it. A little bit hard to describe, but Google it. Look at the pictures. And then there's a second church, which I'm not going to even attempt to say the Finnish name, but it's referred to as the Church of the Rock because the church is actually built into a rock in central Helsinki. So that's another site that's really cool to see. Just to confirm, Dwayne Johnson, the rock. That's not his church, right? <laughs> no, no. I think it's, I think this one's different. <laughs> okay, good. So the Church of Silence, dig into that just a little bit because just right off the top, Church of Silence and children don't seem to mix well in the same sentence. What's the story there? You know, this is um, a really interesting place. People, commuters especially, are actually encouraged to stop at this church on their way home to work. So the Finns are all about work-life balance, right? So they want people to come into this church, have a moment of meditation and silence and sort of leave their workday behind and then go home. So if you happen to be visiting this church during what we would term as rush hour, you're going to find people walking into this church decompressing before they go home. And it's it's the the outside of the church is what I find super interesting. So if you don't trust your kids to be super silent inside, just go to look at the outside. It's like, it's all curved. There are no corners to it. And it's just a really interesting shape and it's um, completely made out of wood. And it's, it's just a, it's a beautiful photograph. Now, forgive my ignorance here, but is this like a singular place or is this just a concept that exists throughout the country? This church of silence concept? This, uh, to my knowledge, this is a singular place. 
Okay. Cause I'm just imagining going back to that happiest country on earth thing, just being able to have that opportunity on a daily basis to, to decompress from the stress of the day before reuniting with your family. That seems like a, a kind of a silver bullet to happiness. What do you think? I, I think the Finns are definitely on to something. Wow. That, that's, that's incredible stuff. I got to, maybe we need a church of silence here in Sacramento. I could go for that. <laughs> I think we all could use a church of silence. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just my bedroom with the door closed, but we'll work on that. Or in your case, Shelly, it could be your closet. Uh, you're, you're calling me out again. Yes. I'm, I'm taping this podcast in my closet because acoustically it is the best place for me to sit. So Yes. <laughs> Shelly Bailey Shaw's Church of Silence. So, so let's talk about the holidays. We're recording this. It's uh, November 1st, which for all intents and purposes, the, the holidays are underway. They seem to be moving up a little bit earlier in the calendar every year. But I understand the Christmas markets are something you don't want to miss in Finland. Yeah, you know, there's a really beautiful Christmas market in Helsinki that's held on Senate Square, which is kind of the main square in Helsinki. And they really do it well. I mean, I can just sort of close my eyes and I can sort of still smell the 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 mold wine that they serve. And um, it's just a, it's a beautiful experience. But the, the center of the holidays from a tourist perspective is probably Lapland. And I think it's worth talking a little bit about what Lapland is. It describes the most northern reaches of Finland, Norway, Sweden, and Russia, mostly inside the Arctic Circle. And Lapland is the home of the Sami people. That's the indigenous people um, of Lapland who are reindeer herders. And it is also the home of Santa, the official home of Santa. And I think Lapland is most magical during the winter, even though you can plan a, a vacation there during the summer, especially if you're outdoorsy. But I'm, I'm going to be honest, there are some challenges. It can be really costly because it's high season. So I actually recommend to people to avoid Christmas. I've been there during Christmas. I wouldn't do it again. Um, avoid Christmas and instead maybe go during Thanksgiving, our Thanksgiving, because they don't have a Thanksgiving, right. or January, February. The other challenge is that it's cold. I mean, we're talking Arctic Circle cold. Arctic Circle cold is something that I, I I can't even fathom really spending most of my life in California. I want to experience it for a short time, but then when, when I'm over it, I want to be done. <laughs> yeah. So when we visited during December, um, it was about minus five degrees Fahrenheit. And just to kind of give you a feeling of how cold that really is, every time we would step outside, whether it was to walk five minutes to the lodge or, or whatever, I get this like strange sensation in my nose and I'm like, what is that? And it was the mucus in your nose crystallizing. It happens almost instantaneously. It is so cold. I'll never forget that feeling. No, I'm sure you wouldn't. That's just something, yeah, that us here on the, you're on the West Coast of the United States as well. We just don't get that here unless, unless we want to see here in Sacramento, just later today, I'm driving the 90 miles up into the Sierras to Lake Tahoe to enjoy a little bit of winter. And then when I'm done, I get to come back right. down into the valley where it's where it's a little more pleasant. I actually visited Finland, Shelley, when I was I was 13 years old en route to Russia. And you brought up reindeer, which reminded me of a, a story. I was actually on Finn Air. They fed me, uh, fed us a meal, which I'm dating myself a little bit that they were serving meals on a plane and it was this delicious meat of some sort. And I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I said, what did I just eat? I didn't recognize the, I didn't recognize what it looked like or the flavor. And she said, oh, that was reindeer. Oh yeah. I oh said, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> I've, I've actually had uh, several different preparations of reindeer, and I like it best smoked. Smoked reindeer. You heard smoked it here reindeer. first. Yeah, yeah. And and there are places, you know, there are various tourist centers in Lapland. Um, the most popular is Rovanemi. So this is the town that bills itself as the official home of Santa Claus. Um, Santa Claus Village is here, so you could go and see Santa um, at his office uh, year-round. They also have Santa Land, which is like an underground cavern and workshop. Um, I actually prefer it. I think it's, it's a lot more immersive. But mostly, Rovanemi appeals to especially younger families. But just know that all the tourist areas in Lapland do have some sort of uh, Santa-inspired experience around the, the holidays. So if you decide not to go to Revanemi, it's not that you're not going to get your Santa fix. You will. My actual favorite area of Lapland is a place called Ivalo. And it's home to, and I'm going to slaughter this name, Coxlottenton Arctic Resort. And this is one of the first resorts in Finland that had the glass-topped igloos, though they also have these Finnish cabins there now that have the glass-domed bedrooms that I think are a better choice for families. And that whole like glass-topped igloo thing to watch the Northern Lights, that's really exploded. And there's a lot of different places in Finland where you can have that experience and there are some other tourist centers in Lapland. And we recently wrote an article on Kid Tripster, a uh, what to know about visiting Lapland article that we sort of list all those out and, and give you some other examples of igloo resorts that you can try out. But you might be surprised just how much there is to do during the winter in Lapland. Of course, you can. there's a chance of seeing the northern lights. It's not a given. Mother Nature doesn't have a schedule. But northern light season is from August to April. There are reindeer sleigh rides, which are really great for younger families. There's ice fishing. Be prepared to be really cold. I will say that. Um, snowmobile tours. There's some skiing. But my favorite activity is sled dog rides. And the reason is that unlike the ones that I've done in Alaska, you actually get to mush your own team of huskies, which I think was one of my, my favorite experiences. It's cold, but it's exhilarating. Well, so we've got we've got plenty more to cover here talking about Finland, but just so far we got Santa, reindeer, glass domed igloos, and mushing, and snowmobiling. Like, why are people not visiting Finland? What's going on? Well, I think more people are visiting Finland, but I'm not going to lie, it can be expensive, right? Scandinavian countries have a reputation for being pricier than the rest of Europe, mm. and it's not Norway expensive, but it is still pricey. So I'm I think cost is one issue. I think people are are scared off by the cold, but that's, you know, just a matter of preparing, you know, dressing in layers and all that sort of thing. And to that point, I will mention this, and this is a mistake that I made my first trip to Finland. I thought, you know what, we're going to go and we're just going to go, go, go all day long and, and pack in as many activities as we can possibly do. Well, I really didn't take into account the whole light thing. So I recommend if you're going to go to Lapland during the winter, Book your activities between the hours of 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. The reason is that the rest of the time, it's dark. And when the daylight ends, it gets even colder in Finland. And it can be kind of unpleasant. So you might have to just maybe do, you know, one activity a day. And then there's, you know, lots of downtime and family time outside of that. Well, let's talk about something a little more pleasant than Shelly, than that cold, cold weather. You touched on this a little bit earlier, Finnish national parks. And in your words, this is where 
many tourists miss the boat is on those national parks. Let's talk about that. Yeah, you know, as we said, the fins are incredibly connected to nature. It's really part of their DNA. So to have a truly Finnish experience, I think you need to get out in nature. And there are 40 national parks um, in Finland. If let's say you're short on time, I think that Nuxio National Park um, is a good choice. It's just 45 minutes from Helsinki, so a short car ride. And if you are going to visit Nuxio, I'd really encourage you to sort of move around and stay in different accommodations um, every night that you're there because there's some really unique things you can do. For example, you could go to a place called Hawk Hill, which has luxury lake cabins. And lake cabins are, are definitely a thing in Finland for the Finnish. Um, you could rent a um, wilderness hut in their national parks. They have these wilderness huts, no electricity and uh, no running water, but you can rent them for a uh, really cheap and it, they're just a very cool experience. And I will say that even though it doesn't have running water or electricity, it does have an entire building dedicated to a sauna because, you know, the fins cannot be without their saunas. So there's that. And then another place that I recommend for folks is the eco camp tensile experience. And I'm sure you've seen these. These are like part tent, part hammock and they are um, suspended in trees by three points. And so you're sort of like sleeping in the trees. And so they have um, one of those experiences at Nuxio as well. So lots of really cool places to stay. And as far as what you're going to do, I take a foraging tour because foraging in a Finnish forest for berries and mushrooms is a very Finnish thing to do. All kids grow up foraging in the forest in Finland. They have fat tire biking, they have canoeing, plenty of lake swimming, though cold, which makes that sauna afterwards all the more important. Now, before we move on, Shelly, I want to let our friends out there listening know that you have, Shelly has written about this topic extensively. So if you're out there taking notes, I know this is a lot. Don't burn up your pins. Just know that uh, Shelly's got plenty of content over on kidtripster.com. You can just head over to kidtripster.com and search Finland and you'll have all this there waiting for you. And we're going to put links in the show notes as always over at familytravel.org slash radio. Let's move on to communication, Shelly. I only speak English. I know a handful of words, the polite words, and in a lot of different languages, but I can't say that I know a single word in Finnish. Tell me about the, the communication aspect of your trip. Well, I will tell you, you know one Finnish word, which is sauna. It's the only word in the Finnish language that's actually used in English, which I think is really interesting. It is interesting. Um, which also, also points to how important saunas are to the Finnish. But so what I didn't realize is that Finland actually has two official languages. So you have Finnish, but then Swedish is also an official hmm. language of Finland. And the reason being is that coast and archipelago region that I talked about, the one that's um, towards Sweden, they actually predominantly speak Swedish in that area. And the two languages are not related. So like if you know Swedish, you don't know a word of Finnish. Like the, you, the two are, they have different bases. And so both languages are spoken in the country, but nearly everyone speaks excellent English. You will not have any communication issues. The only time I found that someone might not have spoken um, excellent English was maybe if I was chatting with someone of an older generation, but even so we were able to communicate. So that's not a roadblock. 
and speaking of which, uh, road signs in Finland are in Finnish and Swedish. They are not in English, but I, I rented a car in Finland and didn't have any issues driving. So you shouldn't be afraid to get out and explore away from Helsinki. Yeah, a lot of those road signs, just, just the... Just the markings on the signs are fairly universal. And I think we can interpret them even with a lack of words. Right. And now you have navigation systems. Wi-Fi is, they're very connected. Um, You'll have no problem getting cell coverage, that sort of thing. So uh, we just used a navigation tool. Yeah. One other comment I can make about the, the language in like Northern Europe, including like say the Netherlands, Belgium, and then up into Scandinavia, they do speak great English and their accents are, are really relatively soft to the American ear. They're real easy to understand. Absolutely. We had no issue whatsoever. Shelly, we talked a little bit about costs and you said that Finland does have a bit of a reputation for, for being expensive. So let's get into some of your money-saving tips for Finland. I'm not going to lie. It is a little bit more expensive than the rest of Europe, but I think there are ways to save money for a family. First, don't do a lot of fine dining restaurants. Um, even though there's fabulous food in Finland, which might surprise you, I would stick to like eating at the food halls where the locals eat. I think you can save a lot of money that way. Also, if you are going to be exploring Helsinki for, let's say, more than two days and you and you really want to pack a lot in, they have what's called the Helsinki card, which is similar to other European capitals. Um, it's a card that gets you into X number of places um, at a reduced rate. So you could look into that. Limit your stay in the igloos. Those igloo stays are really pricey. Um, you know, during the off season, I don't think I've seen it lower than like maybe, I don't know, $300, $400, more typically $600. If you're going into the winter season, then you're going to be like $1,000 a night. It, so that's pricey. Uh, so, you know, make that a once in a lifetime kind of thing, a one nighter. And then move to other accommodations. Don't spend your, you know, entire Lapland vacation in an igloo. Um, and then my last tip is, is something I did mention, but I want to reiterate. I wouldn't go during Christmas. I know it sounds magical. It is. It, it can be magical. Um, but if you do, you won't have any money left for presents <laughs> because it's, just, <laughs> it's really expensive. Or maybe that is the present. I don't know. But again, I would look to if if you're if you're talking Lapland, I would look to um, November, January, February. And of course, you know, summer is still a great time in Finland with lots of uh, daylight to explore. Yeah. You can go appreciate those long summer days along with the Finnish people. So those four things you mentioned, most of them are pretty straightforward. The Helsinki card, limiting your stay in the igloos to one night and not going during Christmas. But the first one was, was food halls. That's how I can sort of paint a picture in my head of what a food hall might look like, but tell me a little bit more about the food halls. So there are three main food halls in Helsinki. And so this is kind of like a more of an upscale food court where it's not fast food, but like, you know, Finnish food. And I will say that I think some people have an impression that Finnish food is going to be sort of bland and tasteless and that it's not really a culinary destination. I found the food to be great. There's a lot of really good restaurants in Helsinki, but I think my favorite meals were actually um, up in Lapland in uh, Rovanemi. Um, they have a place called the Arctic Restaurant, and it was just really good. Uh, I will say I ate more salmon in two weeks than I think I had eaten my whole previous life, and I live in Oregon, so that's really saying something. 
but yeah, the, you know, the, the, the diet, it's, it's hearty food, comfort food, a lot of salmon and uh, a lot of berries back to that kind of foraging thing. That's a real deal. And um, they incorporate their berries in um, savory dishes. They incorporate them in desserts and in very lovely cocktails. Ooh, very lovely cocktails. Comfort food and comfort cocktails for those long, (laughs) chilly winter months in Finland. Shelly, this has been an absolute treat. I really appreciate the education and I know our friends out there listening do as well. And I'll reiterate one more time that we're going to have all this information, everything that Shelly has written about Finland linked up at familytravel.org slash radio, or you can just go straight to kidtripster.com and search Finland. And Shelly Bailey Shaw is the editor of Kid Tripster. You can follow along with Kid Tripster on social media at Kid Tripster. That's at K-I-D-T-R-I-P-S-T-E-R all over social media. Shelly Bailey Shaw, I know you're going to be back again someday soon. So this is going to be just farewell for now. Thank you so much, Aaron. Well, there you have it, my friend. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Shelly today, talking all things Finland. The notes for this episode and for every episode of Family Travel Radio are available at familytravel.org slash radio. We'll see you next week. Until we meet again, this is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I'm signing off.